Welcome to this week's Selk Grassroots Podcast, The Saturday Manager, brought to you by the Down to Play app. Welcome to Selk Grassroots. This podcast and all of our podcasts are sponsored by the Down to Play app, Magpie Recruitment, Skipper Sportswear, The Grassroot Graphics, Borden Sports Youth, Grassroots Football, GRF, Awards FC and A-Rush Laser Tag. Our charity 11 team is sponsored by Borden Sports Stop Bullying Campaign, Black Eagle Athlete, Arithmetic Accountants, and our shirt sponsors, front of shirt sponsor, is at NJPGD. Let's get on with it. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Saturday Manager. I'm Mick Pusick, your host and manager of Bryden Ropes Reserves, who play in Kent County Division 1 West. Coming up in this episode, um, we've got a really good interview with uh, Tristan Copley, who is the new under-23 manager at Sutton Athletic. And we'll be having a little deep dive into the new Scaffold Development League. Uh, it's in its second season now and um, it's a new one on me. And I found it quite interesting discussing um, all the setup, how it all works and how it kind of um, is there to support the Scaffold division itself, the first team, and how it kind of works between the players' availability playing midweek and Saturday football. So it's a, it's a really good insight. So uh, something to look forward to there. Um, we'll also have a look at our um, results and um, the league table after last weekend's um, fixtures on the Saturday the 30th of September. And we'll have a look ahead to the upcoming fixtures um, for the following week. So without further ado, let's have a quick look over last week. So uh, training rise, preparation, our focus was on our home fixture um, against uh, Long Lane. We played Long Lane earlier in the season away. They beat us 5-1. It was quite a close first half in that game. Um, I think we came in 2-1 down from memory. Um, And the game kind of got away from us in the last um, 20 minutes, half 25 minutes of the game. So we wanted to work with the squad kind of, basically on our discipline, making sure that we kept um, ourselves nice and tight at the back and we kept the ball a bit better than we did in the first game. All the things, the er- the errors we made, we knew what they were. Um, we did a good session, but unfortunately, for a mixture of um, reasons, some positive, um, first of all. So we had a couple of players that made their way up to the first team this week. Um, so overall, from our squad that started the season, there was five players um, with the first team, um, which is magnificent. That's what we want. Um, you know, that's what we want for all the lads to have that opportunity to play up. And um, that worked out really well. So the first team went on to um, pick up back-to-back points again. So I think it's uh, two wins and a draw in the last three. They went on to beat Greenways 4-1. And all our players had a hand in that and um, looked really good. And it, it was a really good performance and a good experience for those. Um, but obviously on the other side, with injuries and with players away and players, you know, obviously moving up to the squad above, it meant that we had a very, very small squad indeed. Come match day, um, we had a flat 11 for the game. Um, we we had a few round pegs in square holes, but generally speaking, the first 11 was, was pretty much there. We had um, a settled back four. We brought in a keeper that's um, been with us last season, but he'd been injured and this was his first 
first game for a year. It's not excuses, but this is basically the kind of um, things that you have to deal with when when you are a coach. These these things come up every now and again. Um, the game the the game went as well as we could have hoped. I think the lads started the game really well. Um, we had the you know the first ten fifteen minutes we had two big chances really to to go one nil up and. Um, a mixture similar to last week um, in the Langley game. The, the finishing wasn't clinical. It wasn't up to the standard that we need um, if we want to, you know, get the get back on the winning form. Um, hit the bar, hit the post. I think, um, and then probably twenty minutes in, uh, concede a corner, and and um, back post unmarked, free header straight in one nil down after twenty minutes. Um, very disappointing. We are working on set pieces. We are working with um, with the defence and how we organise and, you know, things like that obviously shouldn't happen. But in football, these things occasionally do. So it was very disappointing um, to concede in that manner, particularly when the guys have been working so hard in the in the opening 25 minutes. Um, the game was a bit of to and fro. We had chances. They had chances um, coming up towards the end of the half, 45th minute. Um, we get a corner, uh, corner goes in, they make a clearance and I think one of our holding midfielders has got the ball and worked it well back. We've then took another cross into the box which again's come out with them and they've basically done a, a quick break, two passes and they've transitioned from our corner to our box, split our centre back and right back with a pretty straightforward pass through the middle speeds to just run through and then slotted it away. So um, as soon as that's gone in, the ref's blown for half time. So literally from a fairly even half in the first half on chances, um, their their clinicalness, you know, it's um, it was miles above what we could do in the box on the day. They'd, they'd had two big opportunities and they'd scored both. We'd had two or three and, and we didn't get close. So we've come in at half time, 2-0 down, um, being very... Um, Honest with the lads and just said, you know, we have worked hard, but we've we're shooting ourselves in the foot here. You know, we've given away very basic goals that you never really want to see. Um, a transition from your own corner and a goal from a corner, then it's not ideal. And they're the kind of things that we really do need to cut out, and we can't keep talking about it week in week out. But also, I said to the lads, you know, the effort had been good, the, the performance was good. We know we only had 11, but the guys had done a really good job. We'd worked hard and we'd played some good football in, in places and caused problems. Um, so, you know, the, the moral of the story was, look, let's go out, cut the mistakes and then see if we can get the next goal and really have a have a go and see where, we, see where that can get us. So the lads, um, true, you know, just took it all on board. We went out, second half kicked off. Um, almost immediately, I think our... Uh, Rakib, who was playing right back, he's he's left footed normally left back, but um, needs must. So he, he was playing on the opposite side, managed to cut in, which um, suited him, and he's played a lovely through ball um, with the inside of his foot. We split their two centre backs. Um, Charlie Gaish has made a perfectly timed run. He's took the ball through the middle. The keeper's come out, and he's still got a lot to do. He's a very good keeper, and he's made himself big, and he's spread himself. And Charlie's kind of had to take it around the keeper. And he's rounded him ever so well and then slotted it in. Um, but their defenders are running back, you know, they're trying to clear it off the line, but it's just managed to get past them and, and in it goes. So within the first couple of minutes, we're 2-1 up, 2-1 uh, down rather. We've halved the deficit, but a perfect start to the half. 
the lads are playing some good football. We're moving the ball nicely, and we we for the next fifteen minutes we we look really good. I mean, we're, we we I would say we had the better of the first twenty minutes of the second half. Unfortunately, um, as can often happen, we get to the seventy fifth minute and we, we we're still playing and and we're looking like we're in the game. Um, Long Lane obviously got the luxury of a full bench. By that time, I think all five fresh players have come on. And um, within a couple of, within about five minutes of those changes, um, the fresh legs, they've brought on some very quick players. And um, one of them's managed to make a breakthrough and uh, we go 3-1 down. Um, and then in the last five minutes, much of the same, another quick break. They had a couple of chances where they could have got more from it. Um, we've had a bit of a, a mix up. The ball's come in the box again. The keepers call for it to be cleared. We've not quite got there, and their their strikers managed to finish. But you know, from my opinion, I'm sure Long Lane will have their own. But I think you know, for the first sixty minutes, seventy seventy minutes maybe, it was a very even game. Um, they had chances. We had chances. It was two one up to the last fifteen, and then I think where they've had that um, extra energy that they can bring on. Um, and quality, of course, you know, they are a good team. There's no two ways about it. But I, I would like to think if we'd had a, a full bench ourselves on the day, ifs and buts, you know, we didn't have that luxury. But I think if we could have freshened up in one or two areas and kind of put the, the round pegs in the round holes, I think we would have been, it would have been a much tighter game. I think that's fair to say. And I, and I obviously, you know, at the end of the game, when I spoke to the lads, just told them all how proud I am. It's not their fault that they're 11. They're the ones that are there. They're the ones that are trying They've worked really hard and for 75, 80 minutes, you know, we've matched a, we've matched a team that's top of the league, um, which is, you know, a good, a good um, mark on, you know, the effort that they've put in and how hard they've all worked and tried for each other. And unfortunately, it was just the case of legs getting the better of us, which is perfectly understandable when you, you're working against, you know, um, 11 against 16, really, in the second half. So that was that was the game. Um, we will look to um, improve. We need to get more players back. We've got some coming back from injury to training. They're probably not going to be ready for a couple of weeks, but it looks it bodes well um, as we move towards the end of October. We should get some numbers coming back in, which we need desperately now. Um, next week, we're, we're playing away um, to unbeaten Falconwood. We know a lot about them. We know they've got quality all over the pitch and they've got threat all over the pitch. So it's going to be another big challenge for us, but one that I know the lads are all really up for. Um, and hopefully we can get a, a bit of a bigger squad together and give ourselves a fighting chance. But it's one of those games where we're going to have to be at our very best and play our our perfect game, I think, to to get a result there because they've they've got threats all over the pitch. They're, first of all, they're you know they're a very strong side defensively. They don't concede many goals at all. And they've got goal threats, you know, they've got um, some really good forwards there, some we know very well, some that have played for us. So we're going to have to be um, really on our money for that game. And they, But they're the games that you look forward to. And, and I know all the lads are up for it and they're going to be looking forward to that game as well. So that was that was the that was the week um, leading up to uh, the game on Saturday, the 30th of September. So coming up now, we've got an interview with uh, Tristan Cropley, who is the uh, Sutton Athletic Under-23 manager. Uh, we're now joined by uh, South East Athletic coach, Tris Cropley. Tris, welcome to the show. Great to see you. How are you keeping? 
I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm brilliant. Yeah, really good. Um, had a good, uh, well, had a good couple of weeks um, around the club. We've, the results haven't quite been what we hoped for the last two weeks. Saturday gone. We we just as at, at the time of recording yesterday, um, we had Long Lane at home and. Um, for various reasons, we had a bare 11, so it was always going to be a tough game. But, um, you know, we, we lost 4-1 on the day. The performance was good. The lads are in it, you know, up to 75 minutes, it was 2-1. And we were kind of, you know, holding our own. And there was they, they were creating chances, we were creating chances. And then, as you know, with a flat 11, you, you know, the heart's willing, um, but the body's not always. And with about 15 to go, they brought all, all the, all the uh, fresh speedsters on. And uh, made life difficult, and I think we sort of conceded around the 80th and 90th minute, so kind of made the score look a bit wider. But one of them games where I think if we'd had fresh legs ourselves and we could have kind of put a bit of energy in, we could have probably, you know, been in it, and and maybe we would have lost two one. Maybe we might have nicked a draw, but it wasn't to be. But on the positive side of it, the reason we were short on a few players was um, a couple had been drafted up to the first team, and they made their first team debuts yesterday. And that was a 4-1 win for Greenways. And as we say, you know, it, it's all about development and developing players. So even if you can't get a result on the pitch, seeing players go up and getting opportunities. And we're only like six games into the season. And I think we've had four, maybe five players go up and, and, and be in and around and get minutes for the first team. So it's certainly something that, you know, I take a bit of pride from that as well. So, yeah, that's so it's been pretty, it's been a good weekend overall. But anyway, enough about that. Um, with yourself, obviously, let's catch up on Sutton Athletic. So as we, we we spoke at the probably just after halfway through the season, and as we touched on there, they're a scaffold side and they play in the in the Premier Division. And you're part of their, the the first team coaching team at the time. So how how did the season evolve from there on? Um, it was it was a challenging last few weeks. We got to the semi final of the League Cup again for the second year running, and for the second year went out um unfortunately so we lost away at Fisher 3-1 and it was one of those mad games I think we had about 85% possession well we did have 85% possession and lost 3-1 it was mm. it was a game of moments a bit like your game on Saturday it's not not a 4-1 game or a 3-1 game it was four or five moments in the game that that kind of defined it so uphill task um, but then in the first half of the second semi-final, we were 2-0 up at half-time um, and away goals didn't count at the time. So we were in a good position to kind of kick on. But then sort of 10 minutes from time, sucker punch goal. So we win 2-1 on the night, but we go out on aggregate to Fisher and uh, and they go on in the cup to the final. They lose the final, uh, unfortunately for them. But uh, yeah, that was kind of the focus for the last couple of weeks of the season. And then we had about sort of four or five games to go. And, and last year, um, it was bottom one that went down. Normally it's bottom two or three, but there's always a reprieve. And also last year, they didn't have the playoffs at step five. It was the only step in the country other than the Premier League that didn't have a playoff system. So um, a lot of dead rubbers. A yeah, lot of dead rubbers. Always, which... That's always difficult when you kind of, you've, you've got the cup to keep you going and give you a bit of motivation. And then, like you say, you were pretty safe in the league, weren't you? You was well above the mid-table point. And without a playoff yeah. to kind of keep keep the players motivated and, and you know going, things can kind of you know things can unwind a bit, can't they? The uh, flip flops can start coming on a bit early, can't they, for the summer holidays and whatnot? And it, it's it, it, it's difficult. You need something, don't you, to to motivate and to aim for? 
I mean, we the season before we got through three left backs. Um, the season just gone. We had a league game against Tunbridge and four of our five midfielders at the club were injured at the same time. So it was a case of playing without training two games a week and not having that consistency. So it was a challenge and they kind of had to learn how to play. But we got some good results. We we drew 4-4 away at Eref and Belvedere, who were champions. We led four times in the game. Um, nobody sort of gave us a chance, but... Uh, we played really well. We played well in some games, but as I said when when they're sort of dead rubbers and the resources. So in August, you can hold your own against one of the big boys, but in February, March, when your squad's a bit thinner, those squad budgets and those clubs with the budgets, they they can pull out a seventy pound left back. Whereas in we're playing a left footed centre midfielder left back, so yeah. it, those are the kind of the the percentages that that makes the difference. So, um, yeah, it was challenging, but it was good in terms of it was the first season at that level. Uh, we never looked like going up or down. Uh, we got to enjoy ourselves. We had some big wins away from home. We had some big defeats away from home. We had some big wins away from home and we had a good run in the cup. So overall pleasing. And it's been a good springboard first thing for this year. Yeah, absolutely. Like you say, I mean, it was the first time of being up in step five. So I guess the main the main points that you would want is to be secure and give yourself a platform to grow into for the new season. Um, cup runs, you know, are, are really good. So it's a, a successful season, isn't it? You know, cup semi-final, um, step five status, well safe, you know, very comfortably done in the end, nowhere near the nervousness of uh, getting drawn into the into the bottom and and a, and a solid season. So, yeah, great to hear about that. And I guess coming up to the end of the season and moving into pre-season, a couple of changes, um, role changes and new exciting uh, developments around uh, Sutton Athletic. So um, perhaps you can fill in a few of the gaps there and let us know what happened over the summer and, and, and what you're up to now. Yeah, so we... Um... We didn't have the reserves last year or the year before. Um, and as you know, being a reserve manager is probably the hardest gig there is. You, you're kind of juggling your sort of issues, the issues of the team above and, and potentially uh, youth teams below. So we didn't have one. And we'd looked at it for a couple of years of like, we wanted to get an under 23s or a reserve side that was playing in a competitive league. Uh, and get that up and running. But the focus last year was so much on the first team and making sure that we secured um, status in the Prem. So over the summer, um, I think I had one week off, first week of July, but straight from the season ending, end of April, straight into the season starting in August, um, we just trained every week with a group of youngsters that we've got. So we were lucky at certain in the sense that we had two under-17s last year that would now be our under-18s. I think one came first and one came third in their league. So they were very good. One of them was the old Parkwood Rangers uh, under 17. So we had a really good core of young 17, 18 year olds at the club. And then it was just a case of adding in some experience to kind of uh, mould a squad. So we trained throughout the the summer. We continued to train where we were at, which is good. And then we arranged a load of sort of friendlies and sort of saw, saw what was what. Um, we had a few trialists. We had a few people that were interested in playing for the first team. So sort of between that, we put together a squad of 20 players. I think we've got one player that's 20, uh, the rest are sort of 19 to 17. So it's a really young squad. And we joined the um, Scaffold Development League. So the mm -hmm. the Scaffold Development League, it's in its second season, but for us, it's our, it's our sort of first season. 
Um, last year it was just I think ten or eleven teams, and it was across the whole of Kent. So a lot of travelling, uh, particularly for for it being a midweek league. But the interest for it went up, and now there's two divisions: an East League and a West League. So we're in the West uh, Scaffold Development League. Um, and what's good is, although it's an under twenty threes league the rules are a lot more lax in terms of first team mm-hmm. so it's a bit like the uh, reserve football sort of what I grew up with that you might be 17 but you've got a couple of 30 year olds that are coming back from from injury or not necessarily uh, in favour of the first team manager so you get a real mix of older and younger players so the rule is of a 16 um, match day squad eight of them can be over age eight of them can be first team players so okay. it gives you that opportunity and, and the gap's not so big. So some of the, I mean, if you've got a reserve side in maybe the Kent Prem or Kent Div 1 West, you've got a good level. There's, there's not such a big gap between that and your first team. You're looking at two or three leagues. But anything below that, the gap, as you know, it's, it's huge. Mm-hmm. So it's a sure that that gap is closed, giving the players a good platform to play. So the rules are that you have to have at least a step six or a step five ground to play in the development league and play at that ground. So we play at Sutton's ground on, say, a Wednesday night midweek on the floodlights, free officials, um, and all the rules are step five and six, like sim bins and the the types of rules that you would expect. So mm-hmm. they're almost of a step six level, really, yeah. uh, a midweek. Um, and then there's that movement between the first team and the 23. So I've been really proud that, that this year, so far, we've had six of the under-23s play for the first team. Um, yeah. I've all 90 or, or, or come off the bench and played. And I think that's really, really good, particularly because um, with the with the overage rule, you're allowed eight overage players uh, in, in your team. Our first team has only got three players over the age of 23. So our, our entire first team could play <laughs> in the schedule. That just shows you how young certain athletic side it's a really is. Young side, absolutely, yeah. So it's very interesting to hear that because obviously some people have heard of a scaffold development league. It, it is very new, like as you said, it's only in its second um, season, so it's in its infancy. And it sounds like that it's been a good, very successful in the sense that it's had to go from being just an open, all can you know one division. There's enough clubs now to split that and make it a kind of you know a long enough season with. Uh, an East and a West, so that's really good. And so you were just mentioning about having to play midweeks. So being a mm. development league, it's been designed in such a way to fit in around the scaffold diary, fixture diary, so that you've got that kind of access for players to be able to move between squads as and when. So if you've got players that are coming from the first with injuries or need a few more minutes for form and things like that, or if you've got young lads that are doing well, it lets you keep your, I guess, com- comparing it to a reserve team, for example. So, you know, we play the same days pretty much as our first team. So if we need players to go up and down, then it means that they're coming out of your match day squad. But where you're looking at a scaffold with the fixture diaries being offset, it means that your squad's a lot more settled than the reserves. Is that is that an, is that a fair comparison? Very fair. Um, the advantage is, like you said, if you if, and I've had this, which is good. You have a good game on a Wednesday. First team managers ringing me Thursday, and then uh, players in the first team on Saturday. Occasionally, and we've got it this week coming out. We're away at Tunbridge Wells, and the first team are at home in the 
um, Scaffold Challenge Cup at the same time. So I may lose one or two to that, but 99% of the time we're not playing at the same time. And because we share the same ground, because we're the same club, we have the fixtures on alternative Wednesdays, particularly at home. So it'll be a handful of times this year, tops that we're playing at the same time on a midweek. But most of the time we won't be, which uh, which is good. And like you said, it, it then gives you that more settled side. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's good, isn't it? It gives you more opportunities like for your team to, you know, have players from the first to come in and share their experience because it's not contradicting with their games and vice versa. When you want to have a, a routine and get a set side out, you're not always having players coming in and out, which, you, as you say, when you are closer up, if you are in the Prem, Kent Prem Division or Division 1 West, there's more likelihood that players can go up and down. And it's good both ways. It's definitely positive because for the first team, when they've got players that come back from injury, they need to play competitive football. And obviously there's a there's a gap between um, the Prem and the Division 1 and Scaffold, but it's not such a big gap that you can't actually get a good game of football out of it still. The football standard's reasonable enough that players coming into it can still get something out of it. Whereas lower down, Div 2, Div 3, maybe the football's not quite as um, technical and maybe yeah. it's harder for them to get as much out of it. So there's less likelihood of you being able to call players in. Yeah, and the facilities are huge. Like some of the, the youngsters, this is their first sort of taste of men's football. So they've come out of the under-17s or they've been a trialist and they've played either Selkent or they've played like lower league Kent football. And then on a Wednesday night, they're playing at Tunbridge's ground or Punjab's ground, Whiteleaf, etc. With the floodlights, with free officials, with, with it kind of looking a bit more professional and with obviously the semi-professional sort of element to it. So they really like that. The facilities are really good. And because of the eight-player rule, some teams that we've played this year already have used the full eight. So you, you could have a situation where... Like, <laughs> centre-back, two midfielders and two strikers are all in their 30s yeah. up against an 18-year-old. So it, it does give them that experience that they get to play against older players. And also, if you're a first-team player, if you drop into the 23s, it's not such a big gap because mm. you're at least half the team you're playing against is going to be first-team players. So it kind of still has that feel. I say the rules are the same, the officials are the same, the, the grounds are still the same. So... Yeah. Uh, that's that very interesting. Of... You say like the first team um, ground you share with them and, and the match officials, it's three match officials as well yeah. for that. So it's giving the players a more similar experience to a first team game than you'd get in a in a in a reserve team playing lower down where only Premier Division teams at you know step seven will get three match officials, even us in Div One. It's just a match, it's a referee and you've got your own linesman and the grounds you play on may not always, some are good, some aren't so good. But so from an actual development point of view and getting used to that and getting used to having a match day experience, it's a lot more, um, there's a lot more similarities and it's closer, a lot closer to what, what they can expect. So when they do go up, it feels a lot more normal and a bit more familiar to them. Yeah, we keep everything as, as much as we can the same in terms of attending. At the same time, the fine list is very similar. Don't tell anybody, but the under-23s fines are a lot more severe than the first teams. Hmm. Um, there's so many things that we kind of set the standards and saying that like, you're at a semi-professional club now. That doesn't mean, because we haven't got a budget, you don't get paid. It, it just means you have professional standards. Hmm. So we set standards for the for the youngsters. They 
clear the dugout out, they'll clear the changing rooms out, they always clap the fans off, win, lose or draw. There's a lot of sort of behaviours that we try and embed with them. And also, we, we teach them the same style as the first team, so when they do go up, it's not such a shock in terms of the expectations. If you're a full-back playing for me, you're not doing something different than you would for the first team and vice versa. So I think that really helps. But yeah, the whole sort of the grounds, the the free officials, everything like that, it, it does... it. It does just feel like if you turn up to a game, it just feels like a sort of step six midweek game. There's programs that when we don't play at the same time as the first team, so the photographer comes down, does all the pictures, and it gets filmed. Now we get somebody to come in and film it rather than than me or or my son. So that's good. Um, so they get all of that. And they get all those kind of coverage. It's on the Scaffold website, etc. So yeah, they they enjoy it and they can sort of see it as sort of a step up. I got two lads that played Kent Prem last year, and, and they just said that they they enjoy the environment better because of some of the grounds that they're owned by the clubs that they play at. And they're not just on like a shared pitch or um, some of the facilities aren't as good lower down. So they're enjoying it. Brilliant. Well, that's, that's what it's all about, isn't it? At the end of the day. And it's like you say, it's, it's interesting for the, the players to see more, more aligned to what an actual match day will be. It will benefit the first team because as players develop and come up, hopefully you'll get more of a, a steady stream into that and I, and I know you mentioned younger teams as well so potentially you can kind of create a nice little kind of um atmosphere where players can kind of come through the junior teams and work their way up to 23s and have that kind of progression line all the way from maybe under 14s up to the first team eventually yeah, I mean, what's what's good for us is that we had that 17 side, the two 17 sides last year, which would be 18s. But Selkent this year doesn't have an under 18s. It's an under 21 um, mm-hmm. due to numbers. My two assistants manage the two under 21s teams that 99% of the players for the 23s play in the under 21s on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. So playing on a Sunday, they may or may not play on a Wednesday, they may or may not play on a Saturday for the first team, so there is a, a kind of a level for all of those, and then below that you've got the 16s and the 15s etc. Mm-hmm. The under-16s goalkeeper in pre-season um, play really well for us for, for three games so we try and look internally first, but mm-hmm. we are you kind of need that experience and you know me, I've managed reserve side You've you, you can't just have kids, you've got to have that kind of um, that kind of experience and old heads and somebody that can kind of organise it. It's good to have young players that are technically good and, and very good and pacey, etc. But you sometimes you need somebody that's a little bit streetwise in there to kind of hold it all together. So we've got a couple of, as I said, we've got a couple of 19s that are kind of the older players in the group <laughs> uh, for older players as well to kind of bring into that team and know that they can move between the first team and the reserve and the 23s. Yeah, I mean, you, you need a balance. You need a good pro, a mixture of profile in the squad. You do want, you know, you do, like for me, um, this with a couple of players that possibly could have got, got in this season in the summer, but we, we, we've had, you know, told them to go and, and play football elsewhere where they're going to get more football because of their age. Um, and then, you know, hopefully they'll come back, you know, when they're ready at the moment where I am, we've only got the really got the reserves in the first team and there was some under 16s last year, but I'm not quite sure about how they're, if they're running this season or not, but we haven't really got that kind of depth of it at the moment, but it's something that, you know, we'll be looking at that. I think the thing for me with the younger players was that you're right. You, you, you want, you want technical players and young players that you can bring on and that they're still young enough that you can kind of improve and, and, and grow. 
but you can't have 16 of them, you know, in men's football anyway, because you do need to have a couple of older heads. Otherwise, things can get away from you pretty quickly. But if you've got that balance right, then you can create a really good squad that will kind of be running and, and, and get better and better every year. Yeah, I mean, I'm no football snob. There are millions of ways of winning a football match, but mm. you have a responsibility to develop the player. And mm. I say that in terms of the players, but also their previous coaches. So we've had a few that have gone straight through the youth system and actually played for the first team. One of our goalkeepers has played at all levels for the club and the first team during pre-season. So that's really good. And you kind of have to respect the work that the, the coaches have done below. Um, I won't name the team, but we played a team recently that, that kind of filled their 23s with first team players. And it was just kick and rush like, for the whole game. Mm. Um, we lost late on 3-2. And I just sort of said to the players, like, give it three years. Where are you going to be versus where are they going to be mm. as players? Or the team that we played. And if they're playing kick and rush football, that will only get you so far. Whereas in you, what we do at first team as well is we trust their players to play football. Sometimes it goes wrong. Sometimes it goes horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, other times, it, when it pays off, you can... And see that and it, we, we trust them to play football and play through the third phantom is give it two or three years you may be at step three or step two those players will probably be playing Sundays with their mates because that that style of football will only get you a certain way and particularly newer, younger managers they want to play football as well so they're kind of if, you, if you're teaching a 17 year old to kick it 80 yards and run onto it you're not teaching them how to play football so that's mm. going to hamper their they might win on the day but they're not going to win yeah yeah, exactly. Right. Brilliant. Um, brilliant. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, my style is very similar to what you're saying. We like to play it through the thirds. You know, half the goals you'll see us play, you know, most of the goals we score start with a goal kick, you know, and, and we're mm. playing it short and we're making five, six passes and then someone's getting on the end of it and that's how we like to play. But you, you have to play, like you said before, when we spoke before, sometimes you have to play the environment. It depends on what the pitch is and what you're allowed to do and whatnot. So that's where you need well, that little bit of streetwise and that little bit of, you know, that kind of lads, it's not going to quite happen. We can't play our football in our box, but let's get it to the halfway and then we'll start playing it. And, and you know, that's adaptability, isn't it? And that's what you, you need to teach the players, I think. Yeah, no, very much so. And I'm kind of spoiled with some of the, the players that they play for other clubs. One of mine plays for Cray Wanderers' his first team now, which I'm really proud of. He's, he's come through the take no no credit for that. But I've got other players that are playing at other clubs' academies and stuff. So you can sort of see that they've got a future in the game. There's nobody that I've got that I don't think can get better. And they're already at the level now that's required. So that's that's pleasing. Okay, I like to win games. That's always the most important metric. But uh, other than one heavy defeat a couple of weeks ago, any defeat we've had has been by the odd goal, um, yeah. which is frustrating. Um, but some of the football we've played is really good. And um, yeah, so you can kind of see that that sort of pathway. Uh, and as I said, we're kind of a, a second, we're in our first year of a second year competition. So a lot of the clubs that are in it, they're in their second year or that they've moved their reserves into the 23s. Yeah. We start scratch. We started from a standing start, really. So maybe this time next year, we will be one of those sides nearer the top. But this year, it's just about creating the environment, the format, getting the players in, developing the players. And then obviously, we'll look at it for next year. We'll, we'll know the other clubs a bit better. Mm -hmm. Um Second year will will be better, but to to build from, won't you? And and a bit more understanding of the league, like you say, it is a new league, and if you've not been in it for the first year, it's hard to know as much about what what your opponents will be um, about and their styles and whatnot, because everything's going to be brand new to you, isn't it? I guess. 
Yeah, and also because it's it's a scaffold development league. However, there are Ryman. Are they called the Ryman Ismian Ismian League sides in there? So in our division, we've got Irvine Belvedere's twenty threes who've just gone up. But in the in the east side, they've got I think Margate, Ramsgate, a couple of clubs like that's under twenty three. So if you're oh. a step six under twenty three side and you're up against the step fours under twenty three side, and they can play half their first team, so oh. it. It's a tough division. Like both Interesting. Very... Yeah, I just assumed being scaffold development, it would have been four scaffold and it would have been step six, step five. But yeah. so there's actual. It goes up. What's the what's the highest um, division that's that, that's in there at the moment with their youth team? You're saying I know you meant step, step four for Eriff. Margaret yeah. Ramsgate. So there's a couple in there. Uh, it may yeah. be that is a stepping stone because the. the this is off the back of the Isthmian have got their own development league. Um, so it might just be that those either couldn't get in it or, or weren't in it at the time. So probably next year they'll go into it. And then more scaffold side. Promoted, like Irif were, they've, they've already committed to this yeah. season. Yeah, they already like, worked out who was in it last year. and they, It has that knock-on effect football. You, you don't know what's happening at step two and three uh, with their kind of academies and youth, youth sides. And the Isthmian development league has always been very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably t- their 23s in it. Um, but yeah, I, I think next year it will get bigger again um, off the success of this. Not every scaffold club's got a 23. Some have still got reserve sides, etc. You might end up joining. I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. It's, it's got yeah. definitely got some benefits to it, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And if you need any help with that, mate, just uh, let me know. I'm happy to uh, let you learn by my mistakes. But uh... <laughs> Well, no, it's definitely an interesting one. I'm listening to it myself for the first time to know of it and we've got a couple of lads that are um, registered in our reserves that play because of that you know fact that they're available on Saturdays so they're not always available for training most weeks they are but um, you've got that kind of extra capacity then and at that age they just love playing football don't they so you know it's going to be good for their development as well playing as much as you can I think as long as you can when when you're learning the game. Um, but so your season so far, how many games in are you? I mean, it's I've heard one of the things I've heard is you don't always get to play a, a fixture every week. Sometimes there might be a week or two week gap between matches. Is that right? Yeah. So we had a gap um, this week because of, we had that torrential rain a couple of weeks back. Yeah. So we're due to play at home and that didn't happen. Um, and then we then we um, then we had a week off because odd number of teams in the league um, and then we we're back on this week but yeah it's not every week that you play um, and it also depends on the ground so every three months we have to say these are the days that we're available to play at home and these are the days we aren't so that has an impact on it as well and then if there's bad weather during the winter the first team game take priority so if the first team lose a Saturday then they'll probably play on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, which means then we'll be postponed a week. So it's not it's not every week. I'd probably say two games a month on average at the minute. Okay. All right. So it's and then the training in between, I guess you can where you can, you, you, you can always look at friendlies and things like that just to keep things ticking over if you've got the capacity. But like you say, and how many games so how many games have you played so far? Four. All matches, and how's it going? You're starting. You kind of touched on it a little bit. It's, it is it is a learning yeah. curve, isn't it? And I, um, I think a lot of it will depend on you could play a team one week, and they may have you know a lot of first teamers in them. You could play them the next time, and they've got hardly any because of other demands. And I guess you get that kind of spikiness with what oh, yes. are we going to meet this time, and what we're going to meet next time. It is. Uh, I'll, I'll 
um, explain the results first of all. So we played four, won none, drawn one, lost three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. So what I like to do, you know me, I'm a nerd. I like to scout teams and, and watch games, etc. But it's almost impossible in this level because, I'll give you an example, we played Punjab the other week, lost 3-2. The week before they lost 6-1 and they had about 10 different players. Mm-hmm. So... You just don't know. And there is that home and away thing. So hopefully Tunbridge, which they do have a game. They don't have a game, sorry, next week. And we're away at their place. They may put more first teamers in their team than if they were at our place and had a game. So you kind of got to weigh that up as well. So um, that that's the challenge of it in terms of whether you're home or away. And you just don't know what the first team manager is doing for, for, for each of the games. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think we uh, 2-1 defeat away at Whiteley first game of the season. One all draw with, with Wellington. It's a frustrating game. Should have won that one. Um, then what? Lost 3-2 to Punjab. So they were all close games. And then we lost 4-0 to Ira from Belvedere at home, which was really disappointing. And that was their last game because the recording game ended off when we had the really bad yeah. weather at Tunbridge, who have played 6-1-6 six, six, um, and beating everybody 4s and 5-1. So, wish me luck uh, on Wednesday night. I will. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you'll be all right. Are you home or away for that one? Away. So, away. Uh, all right. It's a bit of a... So, it's still a bit of travelling there, isn't there? You know, involved, even though it's split east and west. It's uh, probably about 35, 40 miles, maybe, from, 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 from where you are. Yeah, they did look at it. They were originally looking at a north and a south divide, but what you find is in North Kent than there is in South, so it just wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Uh, Bridge is probably a furthest away game that way, and then where we're based, obviously near near Dartford, the nearest one in in London would be uh, Stansfeld. He play at Glebe, so uh, and Wellington play at Crayford. So there's a few sort of London-y, but then there's a few that way on as well. And, and Wellington, I think, so some teams may, because I think Wellington have got a, a Kent team as well, Saturday team, so they might have a reserves and an under, so some teams will have a reserves and under 23s and a first team. That's a that's a lot of uh, development to juggle, isn't it? Yeah, I think we're well in there. We played them. Their 23s are very much like a Charlton Academy side that plays in the evening, so very young. And then there's a kind of a mixture of first teamers and and, and and that so they kind of got three sort of sides to juggle but yes yeah, some sides have the reserves and the 23s and, and some just have one um but i just i do think it'll grow sort of over the time that it happens uh in terms of it's only the second season i think next year it will probably be 15 or 20 teams in each division the aim i guess from the league is to try and get everybody in it but the challenge is yeah i mean you know why not you know if you've got um round- you could do divisions then as well if you get everyone in, couldn't you? You could have a, a division one and a division two for the development even, couldn't you? If you've got enough teams, because you've you've got that in in scaffold, haven't you? You've got step five and six. So some of the challenge, I think, Ira from Belvedere and Stansfeld may not play at home because they ground show already their first teams, and then say for example, Ira from Belvedere, they ground show well in United, who have got teams etc from Belvedere have got a first team and a reserve so their 23s don't play at home but they have to play at a step six level ground mm-hmm. so a area the old area of town ground um the, the leisure center so um that'd be the issue that not every team could do it but with us Elmstead share our pitch they haven't gotten under 23s mm-hmm. because it couldn't play at home and they ground show us because they don't have a first team 
pitch that they can use for floodlights. So that'd be the only challenge to having every team have a. If you're grand share and then you're ending up with four teams, you know, like where we are at Meridian, obviously we've got us and Meridian playing first team football there and then they'll split midweek games. So yeah, there's all that side to it as well, isn't there? There's a lot of considerations, but I think it's yeah. definitely, it sounds very interesting. It sounds like a an, ex- an exciting opportunity for players, young players to get a feel for, you know, the kind of formula of a scaffold game and, you know, having three officials is always great. Um, teaches the players, you know, how to play in a, in a, in a proper match setting rather than, teammates and coaches running the line and stuff like that it kind of reduces the feel a bit sometimes but um yeah no it sounds really good and so coming up for this week you said you've got Tunbridge um away breeze away on Wednesday yeah have you got a a good squad yeah what in a way almost did as a favour with the weather because two players were away on holiday um odd time a year to go Uh, we've got a couple of injuries as well what I find interesting is because a lot of them play for academies and they do like scholarships and these kind of like football programs during the day for colleges where they play football on a Wednesday for say the national college league, but then they do like English and maths on on different days. So a couple of lads have said to me, Oh, sorry. um, I played this morning and you think, okay, tell me that before the game that we lose, not after. Um, so just so I can manage your minutes, etc. Because some of them are playing in the FA Youth Cup on a Tuesday night for a different side. Then we have a Wednesday and then other things later in the week. So it's about kind of managing the load. But in terms of the squad, yeah, we've got one or two injuries in key areas, but we've added a few as well. We're in a good place. We, we kind of, we're not going to change the way that we play. Um we just need to be a bit cleverer in, in, in terms of some of the off-the-ball stuff. And again, better Sarsfield's going to... like If you if you get beat by hard work, then you, you, you're you angry. If you get beat by better players, there's, there's not much you can do about it. But um, as long as we work hard and, uh, and the talent's there, I think we'll be fine. But Tunbridge, they're doing well for a reason. So uh, we'll, we'll get to see that on Wednesday. Yeah, I think, you know, that one... Game, how it is, and, and what you just touched on is right. I mean, like us on Saturday with injuries, holiday, people away, players getting um, st- brought up to the first team. You know, we end up with a flat 11, and I'm kind of like sh- scratching my head, thinking, What do I do? You know, do I try and change the shape and just make us really, you know, solid and block it, and or do we just play our normal football? And in the end, I thought. We're going to get through to, you know, the, the end of the season and we want to play a certain style and we want to play this way. So we just went with what we normally did. And I think it, it, it pays dividends. You know, next week, everyone will know their role. They won't be confused with playing a different position and it helps um, get familiarity in. But also, you know, for us, it showed that we can do it. Even with other players playing out of position, we played to good football still. And, it, you know, genuinely, long lane of a fine side and they, they're up the top for, you know, for a good reason because they, they play good football. Um, they've got a lot of experienced players in there. They're very direct, but it's it's quality direct. It's not hit and hope. They they play, you know, they, they, they play it through. They find gaps and they hit that long ball, but it's accurate. And when the players get it, they're technically good enough to do something with it. But, my, my my takeaway feeling from it yesterday was that we 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 just needed more legs to to match them. You know, our, once we got to the hour mark, if we could have brought on two or three subs to get some more energy in the middle or whatever, then it it didn't feel like it would have been a four one. But who knows? They're a good team. They could have done that anyway. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's interesting this weekend for us. 
Um, we've got another nice game. We're um, away to Falconwood, who are another undefeated side in division and one of the teams that I tipped before the, the season started to to take promotion. I think, you know, I've, I've been around and known a lot of their players from youth football and I know their chairman a little bit and I know their coaches a little bit as well and I know they're a really good side and they've got some fantastic players that could be playing higher than they are already. So, hopefully, we get one or two players back because that, that will be a tough game but I'm sure if we can get our full squad out, we'll always, we'll always be competitive and, you know, and that's all we can ask at the minute and once we rebuild and get everyone back from injury and, and get the players back from holiday then I'm sure... We'll go back to our winning ways again and um, we'll start moving up the table again very quickly. Yeah, I'm confident you will. And that sort of showed last year with the sort of back end of the season. I know you didn't have a have a pre-season, but you got stronger. And that's always interesting, particularly like Div 1 is a strong division that you'll see sides that get stronger as the season goes on and, and vice versa. You'll see sides that get weaker. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that comes down to the coaching. A lot of it comes down to the mentality of the, the people that you bring in. But the fact that you're getting stronger, that's that's a positive in terms yeah. of you'll get playing for the first team. And also your performances will get better as teams think, oh, no, we're not going to win the league. But instead of trying to finish third, they finish sixth. Whereas in, you might not go for the sixth and finish third because you kept going. Yeah, exactly right. And that's what we want. That's what we said to the lads. We know we, we know we know we've let you know some good players have gone in the summer. Equally, some good players have come in. That's football. That happens to everyone every summer, doesn't it? You know. And um, but the squad we've got now, we're very happy with it, balance-wise. And I just think it's a case of getting all the players fit, getting everybody in. You always have these little patches where you can't quite get a team out that you want, but everyone that's coming in has is has done us proud and and, and worked really well. I think once we've got that full squad and we've got the, the, the players on the bench again, then we'll kick on. And uh, we'll, 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 the target is just to finish better than last season. But where that takes us, we'll see in, in the fullness of time. But uh, great catching up with you as always, Tris. And um, great hearing about the scaffold development. Again, you know, it is a Saturday manager. And as we said, there's a lot of um, things that go around Saturday football. Scaffold Development League certainly has got ties to that with the scaffold first team and players getting opportunities to get into Saturday football through that. But also it's a division that, you know, is very new. It's something I hadn't heard a lot about other than I had an awareness it was going on, but I didn't understand, you know, the match officials, the pitches. It was all how it's geared up to really give them that really familiar kind of um, match day um, experience. So that's really good. That's new, new knowledge for me. And I'm sure if any players out there are listening to it, younger players, it's something that they may want to get involved in and uh, they can get in touch with you on the uh, Sutton under-23s on Twitter, aren't they now? So yeah, if you're looking for players, yeah. that's a good place to go, guys. Good coaching, good setup, um, mm -hmm. and uh, you can definitely learn a lot from there. Thank you. I appreciate that and uh, good luck for the season. Thanks so much, Tris. All the best and um, we'll get you on again in uh, no, no doubt very soon. Take care. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Tris Cropley there. Really enjoyed that. And um, yeah, I learned a few things myself on that one. I know the um, Scaffold Development League started and I was aware of parts of it, but um, hopefully you enjoyed that listen as well. So moving on now, let's have a look at all the uh, classified results for Kent County Division 1 West from Saturday, the 30th of September. Bryden Ropes Reserves 1, Long Lane 
4. Bromleyans nil, Crayford Arrows 4. Dance and Sports v Metrogas, match postponed. Falconwood 2, Equinocchial 2. Langley Sports 2, Parkwood Rangers 1. Metrogas 2, Dance and Sports 0. Sporting Club Thamesmead Reserves 5, South East Athletic 0. So that brings uh, to an end all the, all the fixtures from Saturday the 30th. So let's have a quick look now at how those fixtures affect the standings in the league table. First, Long Lane on 15 points, 6 played. Falconwood second. Third, Equinocchial. Fourth, Metrogas. Fifth, Sporting Club Thamesmead Reserves. Sixth, Bromleyans. Seventh, Langley Sports. Eight, Bryden Ropes Reserves. Nine, Crayford Arrows. Ten, South East Athletic. Eleventh, Parkwood Rangers. And twelfth place, Dance and Sports. So, quite interesting. Crayford are doing quite well now. They've picked up uh, a couple of points after, I think, four defeats. They've won their last two games back-to-back. So, they're up to six points and moving along nicely again. It's often interesting you find that at the beginning of seasons, particularly August, September. A lot of players are away on holiday and things like that, and, you, and it's hard to get into your flow. So you do see things change quite a bit. Uh, Long Lane, by virtue of their victory over us, um, have gone back up to top of the league. But uh, Falconwood and Equinocchio were sitting behind, just two points behind, with a game in hand each. Sporting Club Thamesmead are still looking strong. They're on um, 10 points from four games. So uh, with their game in hand, they look to match um, Equinocchial and Falconwood. They both drew with each other, of course. So if they can win their game in hand, um, that will put them on 13. So they're another strong side. And we knew that when we played them at the start. Again, as we mentioned, um, their only point they've dropped so far was us at home. Um, and that was very early in the season for us when, when we had a few more players available with fitness and whatnot. So the league table is quite interesting and it looked definitely going to be a stronger, more even um, league this year. Um, even at the bottom, the results are improving. Parkwood just a, a narrow defeat there and Danson a narrow defeat. So they're becoming more competitive um, with their results as well. South East Athletic have picked up points already. So there's only two teams out of the 12 that haven't picked up a win so far. So I think the that will probably bode well for a very competitive season. And I think anybody, even, even ourselves, we probably, you know, a little run of two or three wins and you're back in the mix very quickly. So uh, it looks like it's going to be an interesting one and one we're all looking forward to. Um, no time this week, unfortunately, for a forecast, but we will have a look at the fixtures for next week. So let's have a look now at the fixtures for Saturday, the 7th of October. Equinocchial v Bromleyans. Falconwood v Bryden Ropes Reserves. Parkwood Rangers v Dance and Sports. South East Athletic v Sporting Club Thamesmead Reserves. In the Interregion um, Cup, we have Langley Sports v Crayford Arrows and Long Lane v Otford United. Well, that brings an end to, to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it, particularly the interview. Um, apologies again for no episode last week. Um, 
the uh, as as uh, Andrew said, the stars didn't quite align, and and things are quite hectic at, um, at the moment as well this week. But I'm really glad to get another episode out. Hope you enjoy listening to it. Have a great week in football, and we'll be back to business as usual next week. So that is it. The end of another show. Thank you to our sponsors, the Down to Play app, Magpie Recruitment, Baldwin Sports Youth, Grassroots Football, GRF, Skipper Sportswear, Adrenaline Rush Laser Tag, the Grassroots Graphics and Awards FC. Thank you for listening to the show and I'll see you next week. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.